There is also the discovery that holding on to our self-image and how we perceive ourselves to be is not necessarily holding on to our integrity. In certain situations, it may just be pride. In that context, a conversation about principles merely masks the real issue. Because perhaps in only one of five scenarios, being right is truly the effective strategy. Welcome to Create New Features, a show about thought-provoking ideas and practices you can use to create and shape your future in life and in business. Join Aviv Shahar, author and innovation strategy consultant, as he shares his proven strategies that have helped clients create breakthrough results. Aviv has guided executives at Fortune 100 companies, and now he wants to help you. How do you define integrity? What is a way to develop our understanding, holistic understanding, that is, of integrity? This is Aviv with a new episode of Create New Futures, and this one is titled The Integrity Challenge of Women Who Lead. In my recent article and podcast on the future of leadership, I reflected on the process I applied to address a question about the traits I admire in female leaders. My approach was to reframe the initial question and place it inside a broader context and the evolving requirements of leadership. In this episode, I used the same approach to reflect on a question that was put forward in the same webinar with a lean-in circle in Silicon Valley. The question was put forward by a female manager who was concerned about maintaining her integrity in the face of others' perceptions of her leadership style. Here is what the question said. I received feedback from a male executive that I am not soft enough in my approach and occasionally have come across as too strong or even rude. I feel that had I been a man speaking as plainly, honestly and succinctly as I did, my approach would have been considered appropriate, if not applauded. While I find this perception disconcerting, I'm not sure how to remain in integrity with myself as I try to accommodate and adapt to this feedback. Although I'm open to trying new things, I don't love what I perceive to be a double standard. How should I handle this and similar unsolicited feedback? What suggestions can you offer for how I might respond in a way that I feel good about? I appreciated the courage and the honesty in the question. Many women experience a double standard at work and are faced with a tilted playing field and or with unhelpful comments. They need to decide whether to confront the challenge head-on, navigate around it, or develop strategies to neutralize these hindering conditions. And building on the thought process that I described in The Future of Leadership, the first principle that guides me in my work with clients is to offer the client the greatest situational value and help. To do that in this case, I first chose to recast her question and provide a larger frame and context before I move to address it. Here is my reframe. There are two elements in this question. One has to do with communication style and the other concerns the meaning of integrity. 
Let me address the integrity element first and then explore the communication style aspect. Next, I look to recast the integrity dilemma inside a broader framework. Here is the essence of my framing. The question seems to equate integrity with speaking plainly and honestly. I agree that the first dimension of integrity can be defined in terms of honesty, which is saying what you see and what you feel. In my experience, however, there are four additional dimensions of integrity from which you can choose to respond in any given situation. These five dimensions represent increasingly higher levels of integrity and versatility. The first dimension of integrity is you say what you feel. You hold nothing back. You offer the full truth as you see and experience it. In the second dimension of integrity, your actions match your words. While the focus of dimension one is on your words, level two shifts the emphasis to your actions. In the third dimension of integrity, your actions match your potential to contribute. The focus here is on your capability and potential. At dimension two, for example, if you promised to deliver four alternative designs by Friday, you deliver the four alternatives you promised on Friday. At dimension three, though, if you discover that you are capable of delivering an additional design option a day earlier, you deliver all five options by Thursday. You exceed your initial promise because holding yourself accountable to expressing your fullest capability and potential to contribute takes precedence over limiting yourself to your initial promise. So you over-deliver. In the fourth dimension of integrity, your actions match the need at hand. The focus at this level shifts from you and your potential to the situational need in front of you. Instead of asking, how much am I capable of doing? You ask, what is the need? And how can I best serve this need? Here is an everyday example of an intuitive expression of the fourth dimension of integrity. When a five-year-old asks a question, the parents don't necessarily tell her all that they know and feel. Instead, they intuitively exercise parental integrity and discretion, offering the best reply to reassure and to address the underlying need that instigated the question in the first place. They do not lie to her, rather they apply care because they love her. And this gets us now to number five, the fifth dimension of integrity, where the expression of integrity is that you act and live into purpose, in alignment to purpose. The focus here shifts from the situational need to purpose alignment. You serve a cause in whatever way it needs you to serve. This dimension of integrity is expressed in the degree to which you master the attunement of your life with your purpose. You seek to be in concert with a given cause, which means you allow its mission to rearrange your priorities based on its evolving needs. 
The point in reflecting on these five dimensions of integrity is to create possibilities for you to situationally choose your response to achieve your desired intent. If you limit your map of meaning to integrity in only the first dimension, which is saying honestly and frankly what you feel, then you are likely to see behaviors coming out of dimensions two, three, four, and five as dishonest. The implication is that you expect yourself and others to navigate through life with one guiding measurement, with one guiding criterion, which is the what I feel measure. But if we all merely act in every situation from what we each feel at any given moment in time, we will discover in possibly three minutes that we are, all of us, operating in a cuckoo's nest. And we will address each other with unbearable rudeness and create conflicts right, left, and center. So by shrinking down your range to one dimension of integrity, you set yourself up to failure through challenging conflicts because in reality, yes, in reality, human life is much more compound and nuanced than applying simply the what I feel like measure as the one and only guiding compass to the full multiplicities of living. So here is how these five dimensions build one on top of the other. Integrity one, you say what you feel. Integrity two, your actions match your words. Integrity three, your actions match your potential to contribute. Integrity four, your actions match the need. Integrity five, you are congruent with purpose. This five-fold integrity framework offers an alternative guiding principle grounded in situational awareness and personal mastery that enables you to move flexibly through these dimensions. It allows you to customize and personalize your communication and responses situationally. However, it does require a higher level of self-knowledge, situational awareness, and behavioral versatility and alacrity. Okay, so up until this point, my response has not directly addressed the manager's concern and question. I admit that it is not easy to take the longer road. In a high-velocity world that expects soundbite answers, some may experience my approaches frustrating or perhaps even evasive. In actuality, we must, we must sometimes slow down before we speed up. In this case, to provide the client with the most useful response to her question, we needed all of us to update our map of meaning for integrity. There is one more element in this approach. A guiding instinct of my coaching and advisory work is that the primary objective of the conversation we are in is not to attempt to fix the problem. My conviction is that our conversation seeks to free you up, free you up from feeling that you have no good options to discovering a broader range of options from which to choose. When a client describes to me a situation that offers no options or even limited binary set of options, I challenge us to use the conversation to open three, four, or even five more optional doors. The integrity framework is just such a tool, 
a tool that enables access to a wider range of choices. There is no right or wrong and no moral judgment attached to the integrity dimensions. The simple game changer is the mental model shift and the power that comes from recognizing that yes, you do have choices. Every situation creates its choice point and you have multiple alternative paths and series of plausible responses from which to select. The first coaching imperative, therefore, is to challenge the tendency to quickly narrow the range of options and instead to help you expand them. The simple shift to recognizing that you have multiple options is by itself liberating and greatly empowering. I bring to interactions with clients my deep conviction that they are highly intelligent, resourceful, and capable with capacities and talent beyond anything they have expressed to this point. When you center yourself in your core and in your highest intent, reflecting on a broader set of options empowers you to choose the optimal response and path forward. With this context in mind, here is how I responded directly to the manager's question. You may say, it's not fair. Why do I have to change the way I communicate to please the people I work with? Well, you don't have to. It is human to want to speak your mind openly. It is human to want to fight gender bias. On the other hand, it is also human to want to develop your versatility and impact and to assess wisely how to achieve the results you hope to create by applying yourself as effectively as possible in each and every situation. There are many managers in the workforce who lack emotional, psychological, and or behavioral maturity. There are men who feel insecure next to strong and eloquently bright women. They also often feel insecure next to other men with those characteristics. Ultimately, though, another person's insecurity is his or her challenge, not yours. You are the only person you can control, and you are the only one who can make your choices. What others do is their choice. And so ask yourself the following questions. What do I hope to achieve? Would I rather be right or be effective? The answer is probably situational. In some cases, you would say that being right is the higher principle than being effective. But I submit to you that in four out of five situations, being right is more about stoking one's own ego by proving the other person wrong. Remember, there is also the discovery that holding on to our self-image and how we perceive ourselves to be is not necessarily holding on to our integrity. In certain situations, it may just be pride. In that context, a conversation about principles merely masks the real issue. Because perhaps in only one of five scenarios, being right is truly the effective strategy. 80% of the time then, finding a way to be effective is the wiser path forward and therefore represents the right thing to do. In those situations, bringing up fairness or even justice to argue that your point is the correct one may only confuse the conversation. So with that in mind, you be the judge. 
in which category would you place the situation you described? Now let's talk about communication style. I don't think you should compromise your strength and or your power. And yes, I do think women often find themselves, even in 2018, in the difficult and challenging circumstance of being subject to an obvious double standard. To ignore that reality is to put blinders on yourself, which is unwise and even foolish. Simply stated, the question for you is, how do you choose to manage that reality? Feeling resentful and or bitter about it is not effective. Society and culture evolve slowly, and resentment is self-poisoning. Therefore, you must choose. You cannot afford to poison yourself with ineffective responses. Instead, I recommend that you accelerate your growth and develop your personal mastery to transcend the resistance and challenges that present themselves to you. For example, demonstrating thought leadership by developing your wit and intellectual firepower is a great way to effectively navigate resistance. My recommendation is that you explore and play with variety of behavioral strategies with the singular objective of creating for yourself the versatility of a Swiss army knife with 7 or 12 tools instead of just one or two. In a one-on-one coaching setting, the natural next step of the conversation is to develop those additional plausible and effective responses. On this occasion, that work is left to each one of us and each one of you individually. And so now it's your turn. Turn the key. How will you create a greater range of options for yourself? How will you apply the five dimensions of integrity situationally? How will you take your personal mastery and freedom to a whole new level? Thank you for listening. Aviv always encourages his clients to identify the one or two ideas they can move forward into action immediately. What will you capture and apply today? You can always begin with a small action and then build momentum over time. When you move forward from an idea to action, you get immediate ROI, return on the time you invested, and return of learning. And then the learning cycle builds the success propulsion. One more thing. You can reach Aviv directly by phone and email to discover how he can help you create a new future for your business and organization. Creating your new future can begin today. Today.